You're listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here are your hosts, Christy, Amber, and Scott. Hey, it's Old Tiny Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm tired. And I'm Amber. (laughs) I'm still tired. This isn't fair. No human being should be this tired. (laughs) I am not going to tell them a tiny story today. I am going to read from old-timey newspapers! Yay! Yay! Okay, I'm awake now. (laughs) All right, now this first one... Okay, the first one is serious. The rest of them are are, uh, funny, but uh, I just... This was the first article I found, and it struck me that it had sort of a similarity to certain current events. So I'm going to summarize some parts of this. But essentially, the officer Charlie Lane arrested a man and took him to the recorder's court on charges of possession of liquor for the purchase of sale. And the article says, court spectators saw nothing unusual in the case, but it was unusual. This is obviously from the 20s. It was more than that. It was deeply significant. And why? Well, apparently, Lane didn't really have any probable cause. And so he went ahead and arrested this man. And uh, the law on that point is emphatic, as Judge Sawyer stated from the bench. An officer of the law cannot, without reasonable suspicion, search one's person. Uh, And even should he be suspicious, he should have a search warrant before going through a person's pockets. Yet, Officer Lane searched Blount, that's the man's name, because he thought Blount might possibly have some liquor on his person, and because he hoped he might thereby be enabled to make an arrest. And so he did, and the man was sentenced to 90 days in county jail. Of uh, important note, as we launch into the second half of that story here, is that this man was black. So. Hmm. There was another case Officer Lane was involved in. Last month, Lane went to New Southern Hotel Corner to look for Blackwell Baby Barkley. Oh, Barkley was engaged in bootlegging here for several years and was convicted last fall of offering a bribe to Chief of Police Leon Holmes. He took an appeal to the Supreme Court and was released on a bond of $1,000. Officer Lane suspected that young Barkley was selling liquor while he was out under bond, so he watched him closely. Saturday night, February 15th, Lane apprehended young Barkley in the hotel. He felt a bottle in Barkley's inside pocket and attempted to take it, but young Barkley knew his rights and refused to be searched. However, when he saw that Lane was going to search him anyhow, he broke away and ran. Lane chased him through the lobby of New Southern out to Main Street. Running eastward, Barkley rounded the corner of Elliott Street, slipped and fell in the snow. Lane, close on his heels, also fell down. Gets a little slapsticky there. Uh, (laughs) Barkley arose and was away again. He was not caught. When Lane was asked the next day why he did not go to Barkley's home and arrest him, he replied that it would do no good to arrest him then because he had no evidence with which which to prosecute Barkley. He then was asked why it was that since several persons saw Barkley break away from his clasp and run, he didn't arrest Barkley on a charge of resisting an officer. He said that the Supreme Court in Barkley's case within a few days uh, would hand down a decision and that he wanted to wait and see what the decision would be before he arrested Barkley on any other charge. The Supreme Court found error in the Barkley case and gave the young bootlegger another chance, but Officer Lane has not yet arrested Barkley for resisting him. 
So there are two cases. In one, and I'm going to use the, the paper's phrasing here, even though I hate it, and it, it hurts my soul. In one, the officer violated a man's rights, and his victim, a Negro, received a jail sentence. I hate saying it. Uh, in the other, he tried the same tactics on a young white man, a bootlegger. He was resisted, and his would-be victim escaped scot-free. Damn it. Yes. Truly, comparisons are odious. Fucking phrase. I hate that fucking phrase. I, it's, that's just the, uh, I have to, I kind of feel like I have to say it because it's the context, but it's so hard to say. Like, my mouth resists it. But yeah, that's really interesting, you know. No, I was talking about the phrase scot-free. Uh, oh, scot-free. I find that <laughs> offensive. <laughs> I ain't ever got a damn thing free in my entire life. Why, why all of a sudden is there a phrase saying I should? <laughs> Oh, wow, we're getting a nice view of Amber's cleavage there. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Okay, so yeah, that just, it struck me that that was the first article I found, and it was very similar to some events we're seeing today, where, you know, it's 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 made ever more clear every day that the color of your skin is very much a determinant in how you get treated by the police, so. Yeah. No. I mean, everybody knew it, but we're seeing it, and it's so freaking clear that it's like, Am I reading The Onion? <laughs> like, but no, it's reality, so. Really? The color of your skin has something to do with the way you're treated in this world? Yes, I know. It's an I've never revolution. noticed that. So, okay. Uh, so on to the actual fun ones. Why? A lot of these are from the 20s. Occasionally I've got some from like the 1800s in here, but most of them are from the 20s. And they're from... Uh, many of them, the Elizabeth City, North Carolina Independent, where we found those interesting articles that we talked about in the Lawson family murders with the complete tone deafness as relates to crime and sometimes death. <laughs> Golly gee whiz, a man was horribly incinerated yesterday. I'm still saying it was the fucking raisins. <laughs> like, honestly, that, that could be why the father went insane in the Lawson family murders. He came home, thought he was getting a nice chocolate chip cake. Fucking raisins. Everybody's got to die. Right, That's what it was. <laughs> this is why one citizen evades jury duty. A prominent Main Street merchant summoned to serve as a juror in the federal court in this city in April will ask to be excused on honorable grounds. The principal business of the United States court is the trial of liquor cases, says this prominent citizen, and I will be asked to sit in judgment on moonshiners, rum runners, and bootleggers of whom I am a regular patron. I just can't do it with a clear conscience, and I'm going to ask Judge Meekins to let me off. Are you going to tell the judge why you object to jury duty? Asked the reporter. Not on your life, said the citizen. The judge would then insist that I tell him where I got my liquor, and that would bring on more talk. Mm-hmm. I get that. Then there's another uh, one of the ones from our favorite writer where he or she always opens everything with just, just some inappropriate exclamation. Great guns! Bandits forced Howard Thomas, 23-year-old assistant manager of the Carolina Theater in Charlotte, to open the theater safe, took 1500 from the safe, threw Thomas from the theater balcony to the lower floor, and departed. I mean, Thomas fuck that guy. Thomas sustained a broken leg and an injured back. Great guns! A horrible crime occurred and a man is suffering. But, you know, let's make it funny. I, I, I wanted mean, I guess to be... that's kind of what we do here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, man, if it was me... That's our shtick. Sweet, throbbing, bouncing titties. This is like our spiritual ancestor. 
<laughs> and, and you were gonna shit on him. I was. I was already <laughs> shitting on him. All right. So um, there's weird crime, and then there's this. James Benson of Chicago was arrested for pulling the ears of several women shoppers on State Street. Okay. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> tug it by the ear. See what happens. I, I guess. Henry Minson, a St. Paul butcher, used his cleaver to chop off the toe of a policeman who attempted to arrest him. That's fucking good. <laughs> How did he get to the toe? That was right. my question, yes. Was it the policeman barefoot? Did he take the policeman's shoe off? Did the policeman take his shoe off to try to throw at him? There's so many possibilities here. I, I'm saying that if this dude was able to get to the cop's toe, something fucky was going on with the cop, and he deserved to have his toe cut off. Yeah, like hand. I mean, those are out. They're they're easy access. I get hand, fingers, but a toe. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. It's definitely tough, and there's no explanation given whatsoever. Of course not. So here's one where you got to keep up with the names here. Chief of Police L.J. Allen of Pentego was recently tried on the charge of transporting intoxicating liquors and fines and costs of $209 were imposed upon him. Scott, don't burp in the middle of my, my, my article reading. What, I'm not supposed to burp? <laughs> I, I burped and I was trying to pin oh, on you. Oh, I was going to say, shit, because I, <laughs> I did kind of burp there for a second. That was funny. <laughs> All right, we're synchronized burping now. Okay, it's, so it's bound to happen, you know, whenever you get this many people in the room together. <laughs> Chief of police has been arrested and tried for transporting intoxicating liquors. Allen had been an officer for some time and was elected on both tickets in the last election. His arrest was brought about by George Lewis. Allen having arrested Lewis on a liquor charge and Lewis having been convicted and fined. Lewis afterward filed the charge that the car he was riding in when arrested belonged to Allen and one half of the six gallons of whiskey he was carrying also belonged to the chief. Wow. That sounds like it's straight out of Johnstown. Business really partnership does. went south, so they got each other arrested. <clears throat> yeah, mm -hmm. I guarantee it. So... This is how some enterprising bootleggers smuggled their material. And sometimes not just uh, alcohol. Several women dope peddlers in Paris have been discovered carrying narcotics and fancy garter buckles. Ooh, count me interested. Ooh la la. Mm -hmm. So, and then Ed Kirkendorf of LaGrange, Georgia, has been arrested as a bootlegger. He has one wooden leg in which a gallon of whiskey was found. Yes! That's fantastic. A boot legger, ladies and gentlemen. Oh! Motherfucker, that's great. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is an interesting will. Tom Kelly, an eccentric Chicagoan who died recently, left his $2,400 diamond ring to his two nieces. His will stipulated that the two ladies must shoot craps for the ring, which will be done as soon as one of them recovers from an illness. That illness is known as practicing your, your craps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was thinking that myself. Oh, I'm so sick. I gotta get real good at this. I can get that damn <coughs> ring. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> oh, here are some short, weird, funny ones. 
A Connecticut man traded his wife for two second-hand automobile tires. Uh-huh. That shows that some of these backseat drivers are headed for trouble. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't even have words for that. I'm just shaking my head. Oh. Like, yeah. Fuck. Two tires. Yeah, he could have gotten at least four. <laughs> Maybe she was ugly. The fun started when Mrs. A.J. Jadig of San Francisco discovered that her husband had hidden her diamond ring and his diamond stick pin in an old shoe. The old shoe she had given to the Salvation Army two days before. The jewels were worth $3,500. <laughs> and then, interestingly, the Thomas Kelly guy who died and left a will with the, the diamond ring in it shows up again in this one. Only he's not from Chicago. He's from Redwood City, California, and it's a twenty-seven hundred dollar diamond ring. So uh, it's—I don't get to say it too much in tinies, and definitely never in newspaper tinies. Sources very wildly. Oh, there it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the sexism is almost as bad as the racism in these newspapers. So here you go. Women may not enter the shop of J.S. Van Hyde, a barber in Columbus, Ohio. He says that women take too long to make up their minds what they want and how they want it done, and that men haven't time to wait. Just, just, okay. I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> All right. Oh, here, Um, this must have been an ancestor of yours, Amber. Okay. Gladys Smith, 17, of Cardiff, Wales, was sentenced to prison for a year after she confessed to setting fire to six buildings, quote, just for excitement. Yeah, that sounds about right. We're probably yeah. related. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That was, that was creepy. I don't think I'm English, but I mean, it could be. Summoned for parking too long, James Morse of Chicago told the judge that he had been in a dentist chair and thought that was sufficient punishment, so he was released. I like him. <laughs> I would agree with that. Walter Kelly of Cayley, England, kissed a young woman three times without her consent and was fined $500. Now, here's, here's a real question. This is an honest-to-God question here. In that case... Like, okay, he kissed this woman three times, sans consent, he's fined. Who gets the money? The government. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, like, okay, so he can't kiss a girl without consent, but another man could sell his wife for tires? <laughs> right? The, the thing with a lot of these is that uh, they're from sections of the newspaper. This one blatantly advertises it. The, it's called the here, there, and everywhere section. But a lot of them don't advertise it. But what they're actually doing is they're taking items they find in other newspapers. And they're also taking uh, odd and interesting things found in the news condensed for the readers of The Independent. Hey, Elizabeth Saunders is the writer of these ones. So we actually have a name for once of a writer. That is rare. Never see the names of the writer. Then nobody has a byline. So it could just be somebody writes in saying that uh, born with four legs, a duck in Galway, Ireland is thriving after two of them have been amputated. And maybe that happened, maybe it didn't. <laughs> hmm. Uh, no. God damn it. You don't get rid of a duck's extra legs. Like, uh, imagine I if we could give that to, like, chickens. 
Like, KFC would go nuts. Eventually, like, we would get centipede chickens. It'd be fantastic. Everybody could have a drumstick. Nobody <laughs> likes... The flats are the best part. Nobody wants the drums. Just saying. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying genetic engineering is awesome, and it's the only way to cre- correct all of God's horrible mistakes. <laughs> There's nothing about ducks that is a horrible mistake. Just gonna tell you, except for when English Bob tries to untie my shoe. I don't know. The, the, uh, the reproduction of a duck, that's a horrible fucking mistake. I'm sorry, Christy. <laughs> well, okay, you're not actually wrong about that. Oh, I'm not. It's, um, it's, it is pretty horrible. Yeah, it's fucking nightmarish. Suffering from the effects of too many clothes, Mrs. Ruth Greensburg of New York City, I love Amber's face right now, that's was a, taken... That's a horrible <laughs> thing, too many clothes. Uh, God, God I'm, I'm willing to donate a lot of money to help women suffering from the, the horrible well, maybe, effects. Maybe that's what's happening clothes. right now is we just all have too many clothes. Too many clothes. Well, maybe. fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> She, Mrs. Ruth Greensburg, was taken to Bellevue Hospital. She is said to have been wearing four suits of winter underwear, three dresses, and a dozen pairs of heavy stockings. Okay, wow. No, they weren't fucking around. That's actually too too many clothes. Yeah, it really, it really does seem like a lot. She didn't want to pay for extra baggage on the flight. <laughs> You're just going to wear them all. There you go. That's how you do it. This is how you don't commit a crime. Police arrested two men for selling $10 bills for $5 each on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. The $10 bills were genuine, too. What? 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 So they they went to the boardwalk, and they were like, we've got these $10 bills, and we'll sell them to people for 5 bucks, and people will be all over that shit. But the $10 bills were real. They weren't counterfeit. So they just ended up in the hole and then arrested. Well, that... That's just that's. Why would you even arrest them? Well, they were attempting to commit fraud. They just were actually defrauding themselves. I'm fucking confused. I am too. Like, how is that a crime? Maybe, maybe they just thought it'd be funny to give people more money. Right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, John Mongilo, 23, of New Haven, asked Patsy Papano for the hand of the latter's daughter, Mary. Papano obliged with his own hand in Monkilo's eye. Papano was fined $10. That's about how well it usually goes. <laughs> A woman in, out in California recently presented her one-armed husband with twins. Now that is what you might call a thoughtless wife. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this? I'm gonna kill their ancestors. <laughs> you mean their descendants? Oh my god. The thoughtless wife. (laughs) How dare she have twins when he only has one arm? Right? That bitch. I can't believe it. I'm glad someone finally agrees with me. (laughs) (laughs) James Lowe's wealthy London bachelor recently gave a dinner party for all the women with whom he had ever been in love. There were nine of these women. Damn. The ultra-fashionable Riviera women have now taken to pet roosters. A gold or silver ring around the bird's neck is attached to my lady's wrist with a thin chain. My lady. My lady's wrist. There's nothing wrong with a pet rooster. 
I love the idea of women strolling down promenades in the Riviera with all their pet cocks. The with their pet cocks. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Finally, finally, there'll be some place other than the Philippines where you can actually use the phrase, hey, lady, nice cock. <laughs> The other day, a fellow in New York advertised for a night watchman, and that night he got results. Someone robbed his store. <laughs> yeah. It's a result, I guess. I like that. <laughs> Always be careful what you're putting <laughs> into, the, uh, into the one ads. That, that yeah, means right. somebody was clever enough to go, yeah, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> well, it's just like when people would advertise that they were going away. Like, you know, oh, hey, hey honey, I, I firmed up the dates when we're going to go see, you know, like Bob and Jane. Oh, I'll tell the newspaper. Like, I, st I will never get it. I will never, ever get it. It's important that people know that we're away, honey. <laughs> it's important that people know that we have social lives. Much more important than our safety in our house actually being, you know, um, paramount. I said, fuck the children. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, after, well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> oh, no, that, oh, no, that's, that's kind of sad. I'm, no. <laughs> Miss Mary Lithmer of Dublin, locked in by her father, escaped through a chimney and married Thomas Morgan. What the fuck fairy tale is this? Right? I like it. <laughs> and then the I princess the princess got locked into her room by her wicked father and then she escaped and Thomas and her were married and happily ever after that's a fucking fairy tale and I don't like it I don't know if you guys are ready for this one but oh, oh we're ready we're ready customers of a Worcester Massachusetts barbershop Shudder when they recall being shaved by a tourist barber who turned out to be an escaped lunatic. I, but wait a minute. It, did he do a good job? It doesn't really say. It, there's no review. It's not like, you know, Yelp. There's no, like, four stars, you know, the, nothing like it, that. But it actually says shaved, not murdered. So I'm going to say he did an okay job. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they are uh, alive to tell the story, so... Yeah. Uh, it could have yeah. been just therapeutic for him. Leonard Green of Jefferson City, Missouri, filed suit for divorce on learning shortly after their marriage that his wife chewed tobacco. I mean, <laughs> did she have a dick, too? It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't specify that, no. <laughs> okay, that's a weird thing to divorce your wife over, but... Isn't this back in the day, though, when they courted forever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he should have realized that, you'd think... I mean, sometimes it happened quickly, apparently. One kiss. Like, you didn't even get close enough to her face to smell the tobacco and mint on her breath. Speaking of kisses, this one is one of those ones where they're really trying to be clever. Ah. Dr. Pickens of Cardiff strongly urges that as a health measure, the practice of kissing should be discontinued by everybody. A lot of fellows have gotten into print by making the same suggestion, but that is about as far as they ever got. Uh, and it didn't change. <laughs> Mrs. C.D. Dunn, 15-year-old mother of Atlanta, upon first seeing her eight-pound baby, exclaimed, Just like my doll. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's kind of horrifying. Oh, my fucking yeah. God. 
and they put that in a newspaper, you know. If if my baby is over ten pounds and it's a it's a girl, the first thing I'm gonna say right in the right in the room is that that's a huge bitch. <laughs> this is why um, none of my marriages lasted. <laughs> uh oh gosh, this one. Death has ended a 12-year-old card game at Antioch, Illinois. In an old shack labeled the Board of Trade Building, two Civil War veterans met each day for poker and pinochle, some sessions lasting 14 hours. Death claimed Joseph Haycock, 87. It is solitaire now for his partner. Oh, fuck Mm -hmm. you, author. (laughs) You crude fucking monster. Go fuck yourself. We really don't like this person. <laughs> well, Jesus. Uh, it's solitaire for you now there. <laughs> oh, your wife died. What a shame. I guess it's white water resting for you. <laughs> Neighbors are so meddlesome. When Charles Scott of Evansville, Indiana, was peacefully supporting two wives on $35 a week, the neighbors up and had him arrested for bigamy. Was this anywhere near Utah? It's at Evansville, Indiana. Okay. So, so, no. This one is horrible. I don't know if I can read this one. Wow. Wow. That bad? Oh, well, nothing can compare to the one um, that I didn't, I didn't save this one, but it was basically a mention of a janitor at UNC who had been much beloved and he had died. And it wasn't quite an obituary, but it was just like, hey, this guy died. Students loved him. Everybody knew him. Professors loved him and knew him. And one professor basically ended the article with a statement that was basically like, man, he was such a good guy. Sometimes I forgot he was black. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it was horrifying. I actually like screenshotted it and sent it to Jackson. I was like, please read this. (laughs) It's terrible. (sighs) All right, here we go. I'm going to have to use the the old-timey version of the N-word again. I'm going to say old-timey N-word. How about that? Okay, that works. Well, derned if the old North State ain't getting right up to date. The papers say as how an airplane was used in hunting an old-timey N-word out in Charlotte. The old-timey N-word had attempted criminal assault on Mrs. E.F. Pressler of that city as she was gathering firewood near her home. The 20 police and the airplane failed in their old-timey N-word hunt, but they had a good time of it while they were hunting. Motherfucker. They even say hunting. Hunting. Like, you know. Oh, God. It's, 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 yeah. Oh, Scott, you would, you would enjoy this. A Paris sect has purchased a whole island in the famous River Seine, where men, women, and children go without clothes. Okay, not the children part, but uh, to be or not to be, nude, oh, naked, fuck, without clothes at all. What the fuck do you think of me? No, I, just, I was just thinking of the women part. <laughs> I forgot that they were children, too. Jesus Christ, I've been epstein <laughs> Sorry. To be or not to be, nude, naked, without clothes at all, that is the question agitating the French. Agitating the Scot. <laughs> apologies. Many apologies. I did not mean to accidentally make that accusation. <laughs> oh, God. A Chicago man has been arrested for imbibing too much hooch and then shooting up his own goldfish. Well, what has become of the much-boasted personal liberty? I mean, fuck those goldfish, am I right? Well, what right? became of the goldfish? Because I really thought that's what they were going to ask. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that if he shot it up, the goldfish is, is really dead. 
But like, see, it's old timey. So shot it up with a gun or shot it up with like a drug. Oh, well, yeah, you're you're right. That's uh, yeah. Like I'm picturing the guy high as a kite, just shooting his aquarium. <laughs> Which I mean, kind of funny. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Except for this the fish. one, um, it has a title: "New Surgical Instrument." Stephen Broderick of Prospect Avenue was arrested on Saturday night for assaulting his wife. When Officer Coldman was called in, Broderick displayed considerable acquaintance with the vulgar tongue and threatened to remove the officer's brains with a stove lid. He escaped with a $2.50 fine yesterday morning. That sounds about right. Yeah. <sighs> this one, uh, Niagara Falls, New York. Niagara Falls! Slowly I turned, inch by inch, step by step. Sorry, I'm done now. Okay. The novel sight of a wife applying for a warrant for the arrest of her husband for stealing her typewriter was witnessed today at the North Tonawanda Police Court. H.G. Schaefer was, up to Saturday last, the trusted agent of the New York Central at Tonawanda, just south of here. His wife was his assistant in the office. The railroad company found him short in his accounts and dismissed him after he squared matters. He then took his wife's typewriter and skipped out, deserting her and leaving creditors behind. Mrs. Schaefer says she does not want her husband, but she does want her typewriter. And that's perfectly acceptable, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, she's got her priorities straight, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Agreed. An American was arrested on the Austrian frontier for having in his luggage unmistakable dynamite bombs. On further investigation, they proved to be coconuts, something that the Australi Austrian authorities had never seen. Well, now, wait a minute. If that's unmistakable, obviously it's fucking mistakable. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, it, it was coconuts, dynamite. Yeah. They look so close to being the same thing. Yeah. All right, final one. Myrtle Lambert, a young New Jersey girl, has been disowned by her father because of her persistent habit of riding freight trains. He said, I have knocked her cold several times, but I can't knock this foolishness out of her. Jesus fucking Christ. I wonder why she keeps running away on freight trains. I, I can't think of an answer. I have no idea why. That it, I mean, she seems to be from a perfectly good home where everything is just great. Uh, it's it's and she either, multiple concussions. It's either a strange desire to leave a wonderful place or a traumatic brain injury. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that is old-timey newspapers. Now, I have a challenge I would like to extend to our listeners, and we're going to put this one out on the main feed. I want you guys to go digging. I want you guys to go digging for the weirdest stupidest, craziest, bonkers-iest, whatever, old-timey newspaper crime or item you can find. I'm going to put the URL both up on our social media and in the show notes for this. And you can email them to us at oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com. I just really, really want to see what other people come up with because I'm only one person. There is so much weirdness out there. And I just feel that everybody could really, we, we can crowdsource this and people will find the ultimate weirdness, you know? Crowdsourced weirdness. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, um, and some tips I have from my own personal experience. In some of the old timey papers, it can be difficult to distinguish on site between actual content and ads. The ads slip in there written in the exact same 
font and text and they're in style even as some of the content. So watch out for that. And then page one, generally not super exciting in most papers. Page two seems to be where it's at. If you get to page five and you haven't found anything interesting, you're probably not going to. The 1880s to 1900 or so seems to be a pretty interesting time period and then as we see the 1920s is interesting it might be fun if you go and do it in your own state you can on the library of congress's chronicling america project you can search just for newspapers in your own state so that could be fun to to delve into newspapers around you and we'll make sure uh, that we, you know, if we were to use it in a future old tiny tiny newspapers, then we would make sure to uh, credit you. So yeah, I just I really want to see what other people can come up with because I know there's more weirdness out there, but I uh, can only find a certain amount of it. I'm, I'm swimming through a giant pool, an ocean of weirdness, and I can only pick up the few things around me. So old timey crimey listeners, go forth and find the weirdness. <laughs> we implore you. Um, yeah, just find the weirdness and send it to us. I would love to see what you guys think is the, the weirdest shit you see in the old-timey newspapers. All right, that has been that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Old-Timey Newspapers. Written, read in a kind of weird voice. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, we're going to put this one up on the main feed. Remember, these are available. Mostly it's old tiny crimes where we, one of us tells the other to a story. Sometimes it's the newspapers. We do those, I think, about every like five weeks or so. It's, um, but yeah, you can find these over on our Patreon if you go over there and, you know, um, give us some money for it. So, <laughs> but yeah, we have we're creeping up on about 40 over there. So there's lots of content. Christy, you're asking for the money all wrong. How should I ask for it? Give us the goddamn money or I'll fucking slice your wife's throat! How about I do it in an old-timey newspaper voice? Okay. Which is really old-timey radio. <laughs> Give us the goddamn money or I'll slice your wife's fucking throat! Yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, but not really. Uh, so, <laughs> Amber, so yeah. Amber, at which point would you be more likely to give one of us money? Uh, no, neither of you, because right now I'm trying to, to like disassociate myself because technically I believe those are terroristic threats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I shouted that loud enough. I'm fairly certain the police are going to be here in five minutes after the neighbors call the cops. We should, uh, <laughs> we should really clarify that uh, we are being funny and not in any way truthful. <laughs> so. We should clarify that Christy's being funny and in no way being uh, uh, devious in her... In her, just you better look for your wife, bitch. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right. So yeah, and check out our social media. Come by for the link to the Library of Congress's Chronicling America site, and go look for the weirdness in the newspapers. So yeah, uh, that's been us for this week. Look for the full episode in the main feed later this week. Well, in the same feed. So, and that's everything. Bye. Bye. I'll mail her back one piece at a time. I fucking swear. Damn it. <laughs>